See, the problem with covering this game, you can go to training camp this time of year, and you can convince yourself that any team is going to be good. The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Michter's, and by Heaven Hill Brands. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. Fred here. And this is an audio-only podcast this week. So what happened was I filmed this uh, in person at the Copper Steel in Chelsea, New York, of course, and uh, I didn't bring my full gear, my full camera gear and such, so I only used my iPhone. I just had the worst angle, and look, I know that, you know, you don't, you don't shoot someone, photograph someone or video someone with light behind them. You know, that creates a silhouette. You know, my days as a photographer would know better. But there's just something about like recording in a comfortable place with uh, a nice cushion on your tushy and a like a little support on the back. That basically is why I opted for better like comfort for the interview with this week's guest than a premium camera angle yeah 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 i know pretty pretty weak sauce right there but hey we have a return guest uh nfl networks mike garofello mike garofello is joining us you know he was in the middle of breaking news while we were doing this um uh, doing this interview, uh, he, he broke news about the Cleveland Center, uh, tearing his ACL. So it, it was amazing to kind of see that unfold. Uh, we did a little pub crawl out there. Big shout out to the, uh, New York, uh, uh Bourbon Drinkers Club for coming, hanging out with me and p- pub crawling throughout New York. The, uh, the rats we saw, the rats we saw in New York that night, those were the biggest damn rats I ever saw. And I am scared shitless of rats. But I feel like the New York rats, you know, saw me walking around was like, you're all right. You're all right, Minnick. We're not going to jump up and bite you. <laughs> but uh, we talk about a lot of NFL players. Of course, NFL season's coming up. And uh, Mike uh, gives his theories on um, on a few players and thinks talks about, like, what's up with Tom Brady and so forth. It's a great episode. And what we taste is, uh, we taste some Russell's Reserve six year old, the rye, uh, high west double rye and, um, a Buffalo Trace, uh, single barrel. So enjoy this week's episode. But first, a word from our sponsors. People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey, unlike any other. Passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single-barrel and small-batch whiskey. Hard-made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste of Colorado at 291coloradowhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink. Response. A stamp of authenticity. A commitment to quality. 
and a guarantee of transparency. On March 3, 1897, the Bottled and Bond Act was signed into law and an important part of whiskey-making history was born. Now, 125 years later, it's a tradition that Heaven Hill Distillery is proud to preserve. From simple pleasures like Evan Williams Bottled and Bond and Mellow Corn to more rare finds like Old Fitzgerald Bottled and Bond, and Henry McKenna Single Barrel. Learn why Heaven Hill Distillery is the number one producer of Bottled and Bonds. Explore the history and requirements at bottledandbond.heavenhilldistillery.com. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Cheers. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller, Dan McKee, and our master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to Michter's.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. All this month, stream the funniest films for free on Pluto TV. Watch comedy classics like Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, and Mean Girls. Or drop in for a Tyler Perry marathon with a Medea family funeral and Medea's witness protection. Pluto TV also has hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and TV shows like Get Shorty, Be Cool, Key and Peel, Comedy and Color, and more. And no contracts, no subscriptions, no fees, no joke. So download the Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start laughing today. Pluto TV, drop in, watch. This is about something that lights your fire when nothing else will. This is the Mark Devine Show. This show, we're going to discover and dive in and discuss what makes the world's most inspirational, compassionate, and resilient leaders so courageous. Transform the nature and functioning of our own brain for the better. Go put your virtues in action. Be the best version of yourself. Life is a practice. Day by day, get wiser and stronger and grow. How do you understand enough about your own mind and psychology and emotions and how you develop a reflective awareness practice to actually get in the driver's seat of your own mind? We go in-depth with people from all walks of life. Martial arts grandmasters, meditative monks, CEOs, military leaders, stoic philosophers, proud survivors, and more. Every episode turns our guest experience into actionable insights that you can learn from and lead a life filled with compassion and courage. I started putting all these little tools in my pocket, started to reflect a lot and meditate. There has to be a balance between movement and rest. It all starts with us. We cultivate these qualities in ourselves. We become a beacon of life for others in the world. Please join us on the journey. The Mark Divine Show. Hoo-yah. Enjoying the Fred Minute Show. Coming back for the second time in person in New York City, Mike Garofalo. How you doing, brother? Good I was going to say, first time virtually, this time in person, this I time know, pizza, right? man. This is great. In person, it's so it's so much better in person, right? Yeah. So it's, it's good to see you in your neck of the woods. 
Across the river, I'm on the other side You're here. You're in Jersey? Oh, yeah, right across the river. Not uh, not bad at all getting in here. Tell you what, the traffic and everything is a, is a lot different than it used to be. I think it's still that post-COVID bounce coming back here, but uh, sometimes there's, that's a good thing. I was able to get here, no problem, just in time, 30 seconds just before in, the just uh, in time. I, I will tell you, you can tell you're a commander of the mic just by seeing like how the uh, how the sound works with you in comparison to other people and guests. So well, I'm going to have to change. I'm going to change the setting real quick. All right, you're a little, you're a little bit more powerful than most people are. I'm also a t- Italian too, so I'll do that. <laughs> All right, that we're should, good. That should do it. Look at this timing we got, too. We got we got tater tots oh, yeah. here. So we are we are recording at the Copper Still. So, so we didn't stop down. We're just going to keep rolling right through that. Yeah, huh? I love it. Yeah. All right. I mean, old school style. I love it. I mean, this is this is a podcast where people listen to me drink. They're yeah. not going to mind if we eat. <laughs> And if they do, well, I'll get a bad review. That's just how it goes. It'll be the first one, Fred. We're, I think we're going to be fine here, bro. So, uh, so one of my, my my first whiskey book came out, and I did a one of my first book signings at their uh, other their other location on Second Avenue, mm-hmm. and this was 2013, 2014. So I've always had a good relationship with these guys. Just incredible spot, really great spot here in Chelsea. Yeah, it's pretty called. good. Pretty good selection up there, from what I could see. I'm sure there's some st- other stuff hanging out there. So yeah, no, this was when you recommended this joint. I said we're going to be eating good and we're going to be drinking yeah, good tonight. It's going so. it's, it's to be a good time. But I want to get in. Let's go ahead and go ahead and grab uh, you know grab oh, yeah. whatever you want there. Yeah, dive right in. Make yourself at so, home, Mike. Th- these are um, these are pork sliders. <laughs> All right, and then we have some um, some tater tots. You know, all I do is feed my kids tater tots and french fries and you know then we make our dinner separate and all i want to do is eat the tater tots it's unbelievable they're, so, they're really good yeah and these are these are uh fried to a crisp too i could tell they're gonna be really good are you much of a slider guy oh yeah yeah a matter of fact uh when i make the burgers i'll make a couple of small ones for the kids and I wind up eating the smaller ones because they come out a little bit better than the bigger ones sometimes because you can just get the temperature right if you know what you're doing. It is um, it is so true about the kids, though. Like, how old are your kids? One and four. We are we are um, eight and soon to be four. Okay. And um, I'll tell you, it is it, it, it's becoming more difficult to go out with a four-year-old because he doesn't want to eat anything that isn't like from a package the eight-year-old will have foie gras and sushi and all these other things there's always one there's always one and this is what we've got the second one vivian will eat anything carmen extremely picky i think she eats hot dogs four times a week um if there's anything now now it's the there's something green yes in my meatballs (laughs) come on buddy you've been doing it for six years now or four years or four or five years now you can do it. So I think they would like these uh, tater tots. This is oh, legit, sure. legit yeah. crispy. Oh, yeah. I'm going right in on the slider, too. You got little fried onions on top. Is that what mm. that is there? little coleslaw action. Mm-hmm. A little red onion. Shame to say I've never been here. This is really good. There's so many places in New York, you know. I'm still getting around. I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Philly. So I came up here in 2004. And my wife still loves to give me crap 
Why was I going there? Oh, I had to go to anthropology. <laughs> and at the time, there was none. There's one in my town now, but at the time, there was none in, in, in Jersey anywhere close. The closest one is Manhattan. So I got directions to Rockefeller Center because I didn't know where I was going. And she still thinks that's the funniest thing. But I met this guy, and he had to print out. Because remember, print out. It wasn't on the phone. Had to print out the directions to Rockefeller. I don't think I drove. I think I walked it, but still couldn't find it. So you're from Philly. Yep. New York and Philly has this, like, incredible rivalry. Do you, like, you feel your skin burning a little bit when you come to New York at all? Like, is there a little it, bit of that Philly heart in there? So, you know, being a fan... Uh, of a football team is something that I haven't experienced in quite some time. As a matter of fact, when I moved up here, everybody said, how can you cover the Giants being an Eagles fan? I said, I stopped being an Eagles fan when I covered the Eagles. Because you can't, you're too close, right? Like, it's, there's too much going on, you see too much, you know too much. It's just hard to kind of, and it complicates things when you, uh, case in point, when I covered the Giants, I got close with a couple of those guys, and Sure, I wanted to see them do well, even though I was trying to remain objective. So now they're playing the Eagles. They're doing well. How am I supposed to feel about Giants players that I know well yeah. and have a relationship with making plays against the Eagles? So, uh, but, but even back to when I covered the Eagles, that was just kills your fandom. So in, those, in, in the NFL world, I, I don't feel a thing. But nothing has stung me as a fan quite like losing to the Yankees in the World Series in 2009. Mm. I, I, I'm still not over it. And now, this year, the Mets are good. So I've got Yankees fan friends, I've got Mets fan friends, and I'm outnumbered. So I really take those losses personally. This year, the, the Phillies blew a game against the Mets earlier this season. Yeah. They were up six, six runs in the ninth inning, and they wound up blowing the game. And I'm telling you, it took me weeks to get over that. I sh- I didn't even want to see baseball for a couple of weeks after that. So, yeah, it's I'm feeling it. Wow. Well, I'd say it's good to have you over here. I'm glad that you know you don't evaporate like a vampire seeing sun when you come <laughs> to New York. But uh, this is I really like this. This is good. Yes, this is a fine selection. We've got the menu here in case we want to go for seconds here, but mm-hmm. this was a great call off the bat here, Fred. Well, we're gonna we're gonna order um, some drinks, um, like legit whiskey. But I wanted to talk football, you know, for a bit. We can do that. My mama told me never to talk with your mouth full, and I apologize, everyone. My mouth is full, so let me wash it down real quick. <laughs> Your mom never hosted a podcast centered around food and drink. By God, she did not. She's gonna. She's like one of two listeners for this show, so she's gonna. <laughs> she's gonna reach out to me like, "Why are you talking about me, son?" We gotta give her a hi, mom. <laughs> I am not in frame on the right side. All right, we have to take a quick break here. <laughs> Wait, this is the only camera. I was gonna tell you that would probably be a problem. I'm uh, not really, uh, I don't have my normal crew here. I usually have a crew for a, yeah, go ahead, you guys. You now, go ahead. Yeah, why don't we move oh, closer? Him. Here we go. Oh, no, 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 we're coming like we're this. Here we go. Closer. Pandemic's over. You can, you can, you can do no. this now. So normally I, I travel with a team, you know, for these things. Yep. And I have camera gear and all that. Uh-huh. 
didn't do that on this. That is not because of you, Mike. Not not because of you at all. It, it's more because I'm so damn lazy when it comes to packing stuff and checking stuff into the uh, airport. I'm surprised you came with all this. This is impressive. It's uh, it's tough traveling with gear. It's tough. Anyway, I wanted to, um, I want to jump right into like the NFL a little bit. We obviously there's there's a lot of stuff going on, but the biggest player in the game, Tom Brady, set announces he's going to take two weeks off going into the preseason. What the hell is that about? I mean, I haven't really heard a lot of people talking about. That. Well, it's because nobody has the full story, and I think a lot of folks early on were kind of wary that his mom. You know, she's had her health problems in the recent past. and Yeah. So nobody wanted to get out and say, look at this guy taking a vacation. And then you find out it's something serious. Yeah. Um, that that may still be something. I, I We don't have the full story still. still. But my understanding is it, it's some kind of predetermined pause. Matter of fact, when he missed uh, a day or two a week ago, or maybe it was a week and a half ago, um, and everybody kind of freaked out, I checked in on that and I was told from somebody in the know, He's going to miss some more time coming up. Wow. And I and they said, just keep that between us for now. I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure enough, that person was right. And it was this. So that's why when, when Todd Bowles, the coach of the Bucks, said he's this was predetermined coming into training camp, I believe it. And I have evidence to show that this was something that was planned um, at least a week out. Um, and he said it was coming into training camp. So. Yeah, it's, it's odd because this is a guy that we're used to getting in as much yeah. work as possible. But right. we've seen the evolution of him over his career. And we've seen in the past his wife uh, has made it clear that he's spending too much time excuse me, on football and needs to spend more time on the family. So if that is truly the core of what's happening here, then this is just the next step toward that. Yeah, I think a lot of us are just worried that you know he's taking a pause to make the decision he's actually going to retire. Well, you know? I, I did ask about that. I did ask about when the, the, the first hiatus. I said, "This is not him stepping back and saying, wait, do I want to do this?'" You know, and, and I was told absolutely unequivocally not. So I don't sense any concern since then toward mm-hmm. that end in Tampa Bay. But it's just it's interesting because if you're programmed a certain way, you know, are you are you have you been as successful as you've been because yeah of the way that you're programmed and the way that you have done things? Can you change that? Can you alter it? He's kind of sort of done it before. He missed the off-season workouts a couple of years ago, and everybody said, oh, and he still was successful. So let's see if that little hiatus into training camp now, and he can still be successful. Okay, so let's stay on the, the position of, like, the most important position in the game, quarterbacks. Yeah. Your uh, your distant uh, cousin, your 14th cousin, uh, Jimmy mispronounced <laughs> Garofalo, <laughs> what is, what's going to happen to him? He is going to um, probably, most likely, get released at final cuts. Because if they hold on to him after that, that $25 million that he owes becomes fully guaranteed. Mm. This is a team that's made it clear they have no intention of carrying him on the roster. So, um, I, in, in in a way, I think it's kind of uncool what they've done to him. Um, but by the same token, they'll tell you, and and even some folks around Jimmy might tell you that this is a fair statement, that if not for the shoulder surgery that he elected to have in the spring, he would have been traded by now. So that's their recourse here. That's why they're not really getting hammered for holding this guy captive when he really yeah. could have 
gotten cut and because a lot of teams aren't going to trade for him at twenty five million now that the Forty ers can absorb some of that, kind of like the uh, Cleveland Browns did when they traded Baker Mayfield, right? Um, but uh, in the end, it's it's going to be a release because there's no pressing need right now. Now this could change if somebody gets hurt, but there's no pressing need right now. He's going to get cut. If I were him, this is what I would suggest to Jimmy: wait a little bit. Don't go rush and see where you can sign because right. at that point. You're not going to be somebody's starting quarterback because you missed all the offseason in camp. And then if somebody else goes down, now you maybe have a better opportunity. So we'll see how it plays out for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he might wait at least a little bit once he's finally released. Well, he's he's a good player. I mean, porn porn star relationships aside, (laughs) he seems to be fine, too, as a human being. But uh, oh, he's listen. He's he's aces, and his family's unbelievable too. Um, and we've we've had some talks and meetings with them over the years. Uh, matter of fact, my wife and Jimmy's sister-in-law, who married his brother, um, they, they've struck up a relationship just meeting one time, and they're communicating uh, via Instagram and and, and text. Right. And the family's great. Um, you know, I wish I wish good for Jimmy. He's been nothing but great to me. All right, so what's uh, what's going to happen in Carolina? We uh, we see a, a Baker Mayfield that's you know trying to redeem himself. Is he gonna um, Is he gonna win that job? He is. Uh, he's gonna be the guy. He pulled away early in training camp. Uh, Ian Rappaport, my colleague, and I were in, in Carolina, and we were told unequivocally if if they were neck and neck to start, Baker just took and, yeah, and and Sam may have gone backward, you know, um, which is fine. I mean, I, one of the things when they made the trade, I said, look, it's gonna be an open competition, and what you want to see is is that gonna basically get these guys to do their best or is it going to get these guys to wilt and I think maybe Sam Darnold struggled he's made some head scratching decisions right in training camp practices and even in games but even in their scrimmage he was just kind of chucked one up and coaching staff was kind of like what are we doing like it's not even a live game take better care of the football so it's going to be Baker Mayfield's job it's an interesting team I I think they could win games I really do think they could Mm -hmm. win some games Um, you know the expectations are low so if they go Eight and nine, the eight and eight records out the window with the seventeen game game. I know, I'm still not used to it. It's, it's. I'm not used to it. We need an even number again. It's throwing me off. It's just so hard to gauge a team. You're either on one side or the other. Fans, not mathematicians. As much as you want to bring stats people in, but the eight and eight team was like, hey, they could go eight and eight. Now it's like, well, they could go eight and eight or nine and nine and uh, eight and nine or or nine and eight. Well, that's a big difference now. So I, you know, I, I think I think a lot of folks probably have them around six wins. I think they can get higher than that. They've got some talent. They have to stay healthy. See, the problem with covering this game, you can go to training camp this time of year, and you can convince yourself that any team is going to be good. Because you'll right. look out there, and you'll see talent when the first team offense and the first team defense lines up. But what happens when guys start dropping? Right. So what I like to talk, when I talk to personnel guys and coaches this time of year, what I'll say to them is, who are the deepest teams? Because those are the teams I think have a best chance of success because – Guys are going to get hurt. It's the NFL. Yeah. We know that's going to happen. So that's what I look for. You know, so Carolina, I don't think they've got a lot of depth, but they do have talent on the top lines. They could be successful if they stay healthy. Interesting. Well, you know, I got to commend you and Ian. It's been an incredible uh, few months for you guys breaking news. I mean, you all have been uh, whipping the competition <laughs> a little bit with breaking the we try the major news. So. Sometimes it's, it's friendly fire, too, you know? It's a one-two punch. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it gets a little ugly, Fred. 
Wait, between you and Ian? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen. Oh, really? We, we st- and Tom Pelissero, our, our, our third yeah. member of the NFL Network. I like how you said that, our third member. Well, I'm not, <laughs> may not be ranking. He's not here. You'll meet him one day, Fred. He's cool. Um, yeah, no, we, we, sometimes we're stuck. You know, because we're all working, and sometimes you don't even know what your colleague's doing, and you step on each other's Yeah, toes. It happened today, as a matter of fact. I had one taken from me. So oh. that's why I ranked Tom third today, Fred. How about that? Oh. <laughs> So Tom uh, scooped you today. Uh, he did. Okay. And uh, he knew I was working on it, too. That's why I said, he goes, oh, right, yeah, oh, my bad, yeah. So are you running the risk of being scooped by being here right yeah. now? That's okay. Keep an eye on the phone. Well, we- I, I, I got to be honest. My mother texted me, and the timestamp, I think it was right around the time you talked about your mother. Oh, you know, wow. they have that thing, these moms. Yeah. So I think, so, so far, only, only Especially moms Especially on the in. Italian side. Yes. Yeah. Your mom's Italian? No. No. Oh. We know Italian on my okay. side. Okay. No, All right. It's a yeah. Na- Native American and Irish on my side. Okay. A little yeah. German. No. The, the the Italian moms definitely have that uh, that that sixth sense. Yeah. Hi, mom. <laughs> I'm drinking. Hey, listen. Three people now listening to the show. Yeah. So that will conclude. You know our non bourbon related uh, football talk. Let's go okay. ahead and take a look at these menus yep. here. So, once again, we are at the Copper Steel in Chelsea. Uh, excellent location. It's o- it's actually owned by um, some Irish boys. And they have a beautiful menu of all whiskeys. And it's one of the hidden gems. You get to page five, you'll see Kentucky bourbons with the American whiskey side. What are you in the mood for? Oh, yeah. Um what am I in the mood for today? Uh, you got a nice summer day. It's not too hot. Uh, so I think we can crank up the... Uh, the pro- oh, see, we got the proof listed on the right. Like that. Nice touch. Even though usually I know I can ballpark these just from knowing them. Um, yeah, so we take a look at the at the basic standard here. The Kentucky Under Kentucky Bourbon, they have a, uh, a Buffalo Trace barrel pick. I, I really... I wonder if they still have that. That's one of those things that if a if a if a bar has a, a barrel pick in 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 stock, it tends to go out pretty quickly. Yeah, you know. And and the Buffalo Trace bar- barrel picks that I've had uh, have really varied. I mean, yeah. they're, they're they're which is good. I mean, that's what you want from a barrel pick, and that's what you want from a a single barrel. I had I had one at um, uh, down in Florida. My wife and I were at a, a, a hotel down there. And uh, unfortunately, the the manager that in, was in, he wasn't there because I wanted to talk to him because he had this honey because I saw it, it had like a bee engraved on the bottle uh-huh. of the of the Buffalo Trace, and the bartender said to me, he said that's his barrel pick, and it was big time honey bomb. Okay, okay. So I said, give me that, and it was because I'm not into the honey flavored whiskeys, obviously. Right, right. But this was honey flavored whiskey without being flavored, and it was a that's natural always, note. Oh, it was that's so good! Beautiful. It was so good. I wanted to buy the bottle and take it home. Um, you know, you so, probably could have done it without yeah, them, without so, him being there. Yeah, if if they if they've got a uh, yeah, if they've got a, a barrel pick, we'll, we'll check that out. So I definitely think we should do that. Now, are you in the mood for any rise at all? Oh yeah, they've got one of my favorite rise here. In uh, their tasting notes, okay, uh, it's Russell's Reserve six year old. Okay, it is one of my favorite all time rise. And their tasting notes, you know, why I'm, pan. I, well, that's why I'm smiling. <laughs> you know, I'm smiling. 
Listen, the last time I'd never had marzipan before, until the last time you had me on. Yeah, and I ordered a lo- I don't even know, a loaf of whatever of, of marzipan, just to try it, just to get that tasting note. I've had similar. Uh, we used to have a, a, a like a coconut cream egg growing up. Okay. It's kind of in that ballpark as far as consistency, but it was a, it was a very unique flavor. I like that. So I'll vote, I'll vote for having that one in the rye side. Okay. And you want then, me to- uh, hey guys, we're about we're ordering our rounds, and we're thinking that uh, you all should pick one, yes. and we have that yeah. together. So we got a little bit of a, a group here as well. Do, do you? Uh, so we're ordering now. Uh, do you have the Buffalo Trace uh, barrel pick from you guys? I will go check. Do you want to give me like your top choices? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Uh, so then, uh, Russell's Reserve six-year-old, and then. Um, so we did the rye. We did uh, the Buffalo Trace, like single barrel. We got the rye, and then uh, what are you picking? Uh, oh, I see. Your, okay, so they do have the single barrel Buffalo Trace up here. I was wondering where yeah. you were seeing that. Okay, I got it. I'm all caught up. Uh, let's do a... Uh, well, the Michter's 10 is your go. Let's do the High West Double Rye. How about that? Which I love in uh, Manhattan's. I don't think I've ever had it straight. Karen? Um, yeah, please. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So we got a little bit of an audience here with us. Hey, fellas, you all uh, going to order the same thing we got? We got. Um, just we got a we got a Buffalo Trace single barrel that they have here. Yeah. Russell's Reserve six year. Uh, the rye. And, and a High West Double Rye. High West Double Rye. We got a thumbs up on that. I think we can have a good time with that. So these are your buddies that are just hanging out at the bar? No, I just, you know, I put up that little uh, Yeah, okay, cool. That little thumbnail today. We drew a crowd? Good. Yeah. Bourbon brings us all together. I love it. You know, it's the way on, it should even, be. Even on short notice. Yeah. I've, I've always been a big believer that if people drank bourbon together, like they can get over their differences, it's um, it's it's a real thing. Yeah. Like. Right. I've seen I've seen McConnell in Yarmouth, our congressman and senator, uh-huh. and they hate each other's guts. But I've seen them have a bourbon together. That's the way it should be. Yeah, and it also takes away, slows everything down, quiets the noise. Especially if you drink the whole bottle and pass out. You know, I mean, it really it quiets the noise when that happens. <laughs> the next day, though, not so good. Well, I and I've noticed. Um, how do we say this the right way? Certainly, my tolerance has gone up, right? <laughs> I'm not drinking a whole bottle. And these videos of these numbskulls, I don't even know if they're real or not, but down in the whole bottle, have you seen these? I'm very much against that. I mean, what are we doing? It's dangerous. Even if you're faking it, you're making somebody think it's real. Yeah. And you know, they do the whole, they rip the thing off. Guys, what are we doing? Let's not be stupid. Um, I think they call it Edward Forty Hands. Where they tape? Where do they tape it? Put the bottle on there, tape it, and they and they chug it. Well, it used to be with a, with an actual forty. You don't yeah. have to chug it. You just you couldn't get them taken off your hands till you finished the forties. Now, forty ounces of uh, you know malt liquor versus forty ounces of bourbon, right. very different story, obviously. Uh, 
But um, yeah, so so the, you know the, to be able to sit there and drink some high high proof stuff and to have a couple of drinks, right? Versus when I first started out in the game, and and some of the lower proof stuff would would kind of get after me a little bit. It's nice to have that. Yeah, I is. can have that extra one. I'm not going to feel like crap in the morning. You know, the thing is, too, is it's not necessarily a tolerancing. It's more of a responsibility. Like, if you drink too much, yeah, it'll get you. And also, like, long-term, not so good on your body. Yeah. You know, liver, kidneys, mm-hmm. things like that. But, uh, but I, nothing, nothing will make you more responsible than knowing you got to take care of kids in the morning. Yeah. The, 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 That's right. The one and the four-year-old will back that. Nah, not going to have that last one here. Yeah. Got to get it because you know what your wife's not going to cut you any slack. Oh, breaking news! Uh, as Rappaport sending me something. Oh, Mike's picking up the uh, the phone here. An NFL we got Network a Browns. Colleague. We got a Browns center down. The teams centers are dropping like flies so far this preseason. He's out for the season, right? Or is this uh, a new one? This is the ne- another one. This is Dawson Deaton, who I believe is the backup. They lost two centers. Wow. He was carted off, so let's see what happens here. I'll check with the. I mean, there's a Deshaun Watson this. joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going to make it. Um, Somebody will. So let's check on that if you don't mind. See, this is what I hate. Sometimes we, we don't have any bourbon yet, but sometimes no. when I'm drinking, it's like, oh, excuse this me is, a minute. This is great. So I'm gonna, I'll give some play-by-play here. <laughs> Mike is... Uh, well, don't tell him who I'm texting. I will not tell anyone who you're texting, uh, but Mike is going to some sources. To uh, find out what has happened to um, a backup Cleveland center, which and which is a, which is a story because they lost their top center. That's right. So now it becomes a geez. And they had J.C. Treader last year, who's the president of the NFL Players Association, who's still available if they want to sign him. Although some folks think that his role as the head of the union, mm. not the head of the union, but the, the the player president of the union, has affected teams' interest in him. So. I can see that. If, if the Browns are down two centers, that affects it and it just in, so in the if player. So if I were to break down, I'm going to break down your texting style. <laughs> uh, very fast with the thumbs. Very fast on the thumbs. You're vertical. You're, 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 you're doing this all vertical. Do you ever take the phone horizontal and text that way? Oh, this way? Yeah. No, that's... Do you do that? Eh, occasionally. Yeah. I was going to... That's... that's that seems too a, wide. a little too much. No, I'm here. Everything's in the same and, ballpark. And do you turn off spell check or spell check? No, no, no. I need it because you miss you miss a letter and it just, no. it'll it'll backstop you. But sometimes I I, I had a, a weird uh, instead of the uh, they inserted the word life l i t h e into my tweet. So I tweeted out tried to tweet out the and it came up as life and I was like uh, and it was a wasn't a Watson thing. Maybe it was an injury. Oh, it yeah. was an injury. It was Mackay Becton. So a lot of times if I make if I have a typo in a tweet about a performance or a contract, or I can make a joke. This was a season-ending injury. I didn't want to come back and be like, yeah, I don't know. So I had to just correct myself and say, you're, you're an idiot, basically. But what my, when you tweet it out, people get your alerts. You can't hide. You yeah. say, I'll just delete it real fast. Then they come in behind you. Oh, we saw that. Here's it. Screenshot. And Schefter and, yeah. and Rappaport get it way worse than me because they have so many more followers. But Schefter, good lord, um, <clears throat> he's become like public enemy number one for people these in the past year. Like they like his um, his his Dwayne Haskins. Well, uh, yeah, that was a that was a day. Holy yeah. cow! I mean, it was 
It was bad. People, I, I, I've gotten to the point where I stop reading the replies on Twitter, um, which sucks because there's a lot of people out there that I love to have a good ta- uh, give and right. take with. They know the sport. They know their teams. Um, but it's just gotten to the point where it's um, it's a cesspool out there. And people can't wait to see you trip up. Yeah. Oh, they can't wait to take a shot oh, at you I, for sure. I'm in a much different world, but same for me. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I can see that. Buffalo Trace. Okay. All right. Buffalo Trace here. All right. Ooh, it smells good. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Yeah, I mean it's um it's it's quite a bit different for me, obviously. Uh, but like I I, I definitely get the. Um, and, you know, I, I think I I have been, there's not been, there's not really been a career path for what I do, mm-hmm. you know? And historically, it's been like in the writing sphere, like with magazines or and books and all that. And I've done all that, but look, you cannot make a living as a writer. Not anymore. It, those days are over, uh, especially as a, as a drinks writer. It's just... You can't, and and so like I put myself out there doing podcasting, mm-hmm. YouTubing, uh, collaborations and stuff, and and it's like you know people want me to still be what I was ten years ago, like breaking news and like investigating like uh, brands and stuff. I'm like guys, I can't do that anymore. Yeah, you know, I mean it's like times have evolved, like nobody. I, I can't. I got. I can't. I got to put food on the table, and I ain't. I'm not doing it with like uh, stories on lawsuits anymore. Well, you know? and this stuff takes a lot of time. That's yeah. the other part of it. Absolutely. Is, is you you've got to allocate your time, and you've got a family, so yeah. there's even less time than there used to be. Yes, there is. Because I mean, I, your kids are eight and four. You said eight. Yeah, eight. And yeah. Four, so yeah. so ten years ago, you had no kids. Yeah. That changes a lot of things from a travel standpoint, from right. a time allocated standpoint, from a daily routine standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I get that. Well, let's uh, start with the Buffalo Trace. This is their single barrel here. Okay. By the way, I'm a, I'm enjoying your training. You remember your training? Well, you've been at it. Look at that. Go, he's going side by side with the his one nostrils. nostril. Is, yeah. I, but still, um, nosing with my mouth open still throws me off. But I get it. I know why. But don't do it then. Do it with the mouth. Closed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to. It's very soft. Yeah, I kept waiting for it to hit a certain spot and it never. Never really attacked. Uh, Sure, I'll have a little. We got to cleanse that palate, you know. I was playing on some tater tots doing that. Uh, So, like, let's break this down. Okay. So, we're having the Copper Still uh, single barrel, a private pick that they did. Buffalo Trace is actually a hard place to get a barrel pick. So, like when you see someone who has a bar- uh, a Buffalo Trace pick, then you know they're moving volume because they base 
they base barrel allocation based on how much um, whiskey or vodka mm-hmm. or whatever you're moving from that company. And to get a barrel means you got to be a high high achiever of an account. Okay. So I taste this. They knock it down to 90 proof, right? So they bring it down to the standard mm-hmm. the standard uh, proof of a Buffalo Trace. And I swear to God, this would be amazing barrel strength. Like if they didn't cut this with water. Yeah. This would be lights out. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you can definitely, you can definitely tell that it really didn't. But regular Buffalo Trace is ninety proof. It is ninety proof. Yeah. yeah. This is more of a, this is more of a soft, soft sipper is what I would call it. Yeah, this is this is very elegant. Uh, there are notes of honey and uh, nutmeg in here for me, and the finish is actually pretty pretty strong for uh, for being a light one but pretty pretty solid yeah it's not very uh, it's not like grainy sometimes I'll, I'll in my head what was I drinking the other day that tasted like a mouthful of hay to me oh what was it and it was like sticking your your face in a barn and getting that hay smell like right and, and uh, while I was tasting not not while I was nosing yeah this is not like that to me. This is this is more, uh, yeah, spicy, not not spicy, but uh, like a like a baking spice. Baking, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So now Buffalo Trace bourbon, mm-hmm. the, bu- the 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 Buffalo Trace label bourbon. Somebody posted the other day on uh, on a, on Facebook. One of my friends from uh, Texas. It's like I just scored. Three bottles of Buffalo Trace. Got one for myself. Gave one to whoever. Last one's up for grabs. Is it is it starting to get that tough to come by? It's bad. Yeah, and it, that's the distillery that seems to to really draw out all of it. You know, they seem to get more uh, more attention for those like allocated bottles than anybody else. And I think they do a really good job. As a company, making sure people know that everything's allocated. So, like, that's their model, you know. And Buffalo Trace is there now because everybody wants to be able to get Pappy, Blanton's, Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. And so all these other things are just starting to, you know, move the needle so much that the people want a connection to those brands. And Buffalo Trace is all they can get. So... So that's why they're scooping it up. It's kind of the trickle down yeah. effect. It's it's like, it's like Weller taking off because it is. It's exactly yeah. like Weller. Okay. Now, a brand you don't really see much anymore is uh, Elmer T. Lee. Yeah. And that was that was one of the early ones that we saw that with, but uh, you don't really see that much anymore. And I, honestly, I haven't hit them up about this in a while, but I, I don't think they have put a lot of effort and attention to Elmer T. Lee uh, like they have their other brands. Um, I. F- Finally tasted it in the last year and a half or so, and uh, thought it was okay. Yeah, you know, sometimes you get this stuff that's hard to come by, and it'll knock your socks off. And sometimes you go, "Okay, that just fits on the shelf somewhere." Yeah, that's right. You know? Yeah, it's it's often the case. It can be disappointments. You don't have to spend a lot of money to have good bourbon. You know? No. Yeah. No, not have at you all. Smoke cigars. I do. I had one earlier. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> It was it was a, it was a, it was a um, little Italian cigar. No, it was uh, what's the it's oh I forget, why am I blanking on the name of this uh, 
Hang on, I surfed a lot today. He's, Here, going, he's going to his phone. He has a special this browser where, page. In. Uh, no, where is the... Uh, I tell you what, it's real skill to be able to move a phone like you do. Yeah, it'd be a, a better skill to find what I'm looking for. <laughs> I forget the name of it. You but it was I never had it basket. before. I'm all over the place. I don't have it. He'll text me later. Um, my we'll brother gave it to notes. me. Yeah, my brother. It was a small one because I had a quick moment in the afternoon. Was my it a kids, nub? No, it wasn't a nub. It was it was a, a, a skinny one too. It was a. Well, that's gonna, a, that's I gotta a, find this. That's now. an Italian cigar style. It was not Italian. It was from a certain island in the Caribbean. That uh, rhymes with Yubin. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't a label that I was familiar with, and it was okay. It wasn't great. Um, I'll tell you what I had. Uh, I had a Padron 50th anniversary. Oh yeah, those are nice. As a matter of fact, I bought. So I was in Rochester for Bill's camp, and if I have five hours to kill before a flight, especially in a place where I don't really know anybody or or have time mm-hmm. to really go see anybody, not time, but uh, wherewithal. Uh, and I went. I find a cigar shop, and I'll just have a smoke outside or wherever they are. And they had the 50th anniversary in Maduro and Natural. So I told my brother, I was smoking something else but my, while I was there, but I told my brother, I said, natural or Maduro? And he didn't answer me within a minute. I go, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to buy them both. So we took them home, and we both agreed the Maduro was better, which I wound up smoking, but he, we were sharing. I'll tell you what. It's not cheap. Yeah. I bought two sticks for, I think, 50 each. Wow. Man, it was good. Maybe 45 each. It was so good. We I'm have not- a... I'm I'm a, a, I have a few boxes of those. It's, of those? Uh, yeah. They're, they're special. Enjoy them. Yeah, they're special. My wife and I, we, we smoke cigars together like all the time. It's a it's an incredible, like, uh, you know, since her dad passed away, like, he bequeathed all the cigars to us. We're thousands. Thousands. And, like, we smoke one, like, three times a week. Love that. And that's one of her favorites. The so, Padron 50th, yeah. Yeah. But her favorite seems to be the uh, Romeo and Julieta uh, anniversary and the Reservas. She oh, loves, very she loves good. that brand. Yeah. So when I was in uh, Charlotte for Sam Howell's Pro Day, now the commander's quarterback, same thing. Had a couple hours before my flight, and I went and found a fantastic cigar lounge by the airport in, uh, in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. And my man turned me on to El Septimo cigars. You could try those before? Yes. Wow. Grown in Costa Rica. Yeah. Which I think he said that they're the only ones that are grown there. They're grown at elevation. Completely organic. And they definitely taste pure. That that brand is really, really good. Really yeah, we good. get we got some cigars being made in Kentucky too. It's um some good stuff being made there, but not not Dominican level yet. Did you find the cigar yet? No, oh, I, I stopped looking. <laughs> there it is, Quintero. Oh yeah, I never tried Quintero before. Yeah, that, those are good. So are you ready for the uh, Quintero, for yes. the High West Double Rye? Yeah. So I, again, I I we have a steakhouse in in uh, the town that we live that you got to come visit, um, and I'll have them make my Manhattan with the Double Rye, but I've never had it straight. All right. So maybe it's just because I've been walking around New York so much. But this smells like cannabis. Like the first note I smell is cannabis. 
All right. Well, yeah, it's there. You're not her, you're, herbs, man. There's a lot of herbs in there. Had you not said that, obviously I would not. But now it's there. <laughs> and by the way, I love New York, but I have never seen it so filled with like they're selling weed out of like food trucks. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, here we go. I I just don't. I'm not a big weed guy. I got no Me problem either. with it. I got no problem with it. I just don't like the smell of it. Like if you're walking in yeah. front of me on the street and you're and you're blowing smoke behind, I don't. I just don't like it. Not like a fine, sweet cigar that is. Everybody loves the taste of a cigar or a smell of a cigar, mm-hmm. unless you're blowing it in their face. Wait, what's that candy on the end there? I've always loved this rye. What is that? Right on the end there. Right on the tail end there. Do you know when you're going to make me suffer or you just want to hear what I have to you're, say? You're, um, well, as you may recall, every palate is different. We're all different. You're, you're tasting a candy in here? Like a toffee or a... Uh, Butterscotch is the wrong word, but it's right on the tail end there as the finish starts for me. I get kind of like a Jolly Rancher. No, it's not. It's more of a, a, a caramelly toffee, that kind of note for me. I'm not getting it. I'm getting I'm getting spice and like fruit, like um, Jolly Rancher fruit, like watermelon. But I'm not getting, uh, it's not as spicy of a rye as I thought it was going to be because I feel like the notes come through. Uh, the notes come through when I'm having my Manhattan, and they, they just didn't make it. The spicier notes. Well, rise in a Manhattan, like, can sometimes just, like, explode with that vermouth. Like, I love a good Manhattan with rye. All right, I'm, I'm going to go in. I'm going to try and find this mystery, this mystery candy okay. for you. Okay, all right. Send you on a, uh, you're, you're saying, I, but I can't just, I can't stop smelling weed in this. I mean, you get the munchies. Hang on, I need to reset. I know it's just, this is bad. It really smells like weed. It smells like Jamaica weed. <laughs> Jamaica Kush. You got me on the strands. You're gonna, you're gonna beat me there. I don't smoke. I can maybe see like a Werther's original, but that's that's uh, that that's might be what I'm thinking. Really grasping there for me because I'm not really. If you weren't pushing me to find it, I would not call it out. It would not be what I would consider like a three tier note, like in the top three tiers. So, how do you define your tiers? Uh, primary be like the most, you know, like the first, the most powerful. Oh, okay, I got you. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. like underneath, and then like uh, the third tier would be like hints. So, now are these Glen Cairn glasses any wider? Uh, these are actually, these are stemmed Glen Cairns, and I don't think they're actually Glen Cairns. These, um, 
Yeah, these are. I Ronas. feel like they're. I feel like the, the. Oh my gosh! Look, the brand is called Rona. Bad branding. And what Might be they, time what to rebrand. What if they knew that Rona would not be the the right <laughs> the right name for their company? Until we find out they started during COVID, yeah, that'd be. <laughs> so we're in a bar. Yeah. And one of my favorite songs just came on. Hit number, uh, I think it hit number two in the Billboard Top 100, okay. 1986. This guy died, uh, lead singer died uh, during Christmas, around Christmas time. Outfield, right? Yeah, the outfield. I had my man uh, at the wedding, at our wedding. He was at your wedding? No, 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 no. My, my, our DJ. I said, play this song, but you got to stop, transition before the... Uh, the beat comes in. Just play the intro. Yeah. And then transition to another song. I had to hold my DJ's hand a lot. That's the one regret for my wedding is like I just needed the guy to just go. Like I had people get up there and somebody get up there and help them. And, you Sounded know, like you might have been kind of needy for your wedding there, Mike. You, uh, I, I gave him a playlist, but it wasn't a long playlist, yeah. right? It was like 15 songs. I said, just play these. And then what he did was he edited them all together and then he just played the rip and then they were gone and done. Mm. And I was like, that was supposed to last you for an hour and a half. Wow. <laughs> and you never <laughs> you didn't even get there. So he's he wouldn't be So a- I had to have people like he he just played cuts of each song and went right, one right into the other. He was not a great A no. DJ then. No. Ugh. Well, let us go to. Uh, Hopefully, what I he's not a Fred Minnick podcast. Uh, well, and show watcher. And now that we have three listeners, your mom, my mom, and my wife, um, we can uh, maybe you know your mom spreads the word, and we have four listeners. This guy listens. We but, can make know. it happen. We're growing grassroots. Uh, so let's go to what I think is one of one of the best rides year in year out. Okay, it's made at Wild Turkey. Russell's Reserve, six year old. And the funny story is, is that Jimmy Jimmy Russell, the master distiller there, hated making rye, but his son loved making rye. Okay. And so you start seeing a lot more rye coming from Wild Turkey after um, Eddie Russell takes, you know, more of a, you know, command decision role. So, hop on in it. This is Russell six, right? Russell six year old. Yep. Because I know we can't find the 13 anymore, Fred. I have nothing to do with that at all. (laughs) (laughs) That is quite the interesting nose. Wow. Kind of soapy. You're tasting soap? No, no. Nosing nosing soap. Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about right there. That's nice, right? All right, so we just had a little bit of a technical <laughs> difficulty there. And by uh, technical, we mean they yanked the cord. They yanked Very the, technical stuff you folks wouldn't understand. <laughs> they literally pulled the cord uh, out of the outlet and uh, stopped the broadcast, which um, I'm set up here at the Copper Still with uh, some duct tape and a couple sure mics, and uh, we got sliders and... Uh, and tater tots on the table, but most importantly, we just sipped the Russell Reserve six-year-old. Woo! It is tasty. These sliders are still good 
Even when cold. That's how good they are. That is a testament to a fine slider. Oh, I need uh, a refill, please. You need a refill some of water. Of the water, yeah. Okay. So Eddie did. Eddie didn't like uh, or didn't like uh, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy didn't. Jimmy Russell was not a fan of rye. Why not? You know those those old timers um, kind of stuck to like tradition. And Kentucky was a, a bourbon state. You know, okay. rye was made in Pennsylvania and right. Maryland, your home state. And it just kind of stuck to tradition. And also, their skill sets were not into making rye. Uh, their skill sets were into bourbon. And rye, when you ferment rye, yep, it foams over. So they, the Kentucky distillers, always had issues when it came to uh, when it came to basically uh, fermenting it, and they would screw up their entire system. And so they would do it one day a year. They would make rye one day a year, really, until demand started demanding one month a year or one day a month, and then one day a week. And now they have you know rotating fermenters and stuff. So one day a year. Well, why why would they just to, just to say they were doing it just to have it well, as part of their as, lineup? As the Pennsylvania distillers closed, okay, they um, the the parent companies would acquire the trademarks, and there was there was demand there, mm-hmm. but like these distillery companies, they make everything. So the the demand for rye. In the '80s, was probably right up there with, um, you know, butterscotch, peppermint schnapps, something like that. You know, some kind of weird schnapps. So there was just enough demand for a customer base that they would have to have it in the portfolio. But it just was not used a lot um, until you know the last 15 years. All right. So of these three. Russell Six is your favorite? Yeah, there's no question. I'm going back to the uh, barrel pick. To the bar- to the Buffalo Trace? The Buffalo Trace barrel pick. Any different now? A lot different. Really? Yeah, it tastes like an Altoid to me. Like, now it's got, like, this Altoid. Like, you know, before I was saying nutmeg, now it's like cinnamon, but, like, medicinal cinnamon. Like... I don't want it now. I the, just want I just want the Russell's yeah. of six year old. The curiously strong drink. Let's try this. Let me try that Buffalo Trace now. He's going back in, folks. As he's looking at text to try to break news, this is fascinating. <laughs> His pinky and index finger slightly tilted up, but his thumb, the moneymaker of the uh, Garafella household. Well, we're not going to have video now, right? Is that the, yeah. we, we attempted <laughs> to have video. and Yeah, the video thing it did not work out. Maybe, maybe there'll be a promo cup. That's about <laughs> it. My video, by the way, everybody, is, uh, is my iPhone on a flimsy tripod with a bad angle, and we're both silhouettes, so... All oh, right, we're backlit. Yeah, that's a great point. All I can think about is that that honey, that Buffalo Trace honey barrel. 
which was just fascinating. It was... And this was in Carolina? This was in Florida. This Florida. Was at the, um, this was right before COVID. Matter of fact, the first... Was it in Orlando? No, it was uh, uh, Naples. Naples. Oh, Naples, Florida. Yeah. Okay. It's a retirement community. Uh, yeah, there's, there's... Well, we went... So it was yeah again it was March it was the first uh, week of COVID. I'll call him back later. Uh, it was the first week of COVID where people didn't know should we travel, should we not travel. Right. Well, and Florida, we got on the flight. Florida didn't give two shits. Well, yeah, but I, I we left from Newark and it was yeah it was a little shaky and my wife was saying should we really do this? And I said well there was a. Certain medical expert, TV medical expert, who was strongly suggesting that this was no big deal, that he had to then apologize. It was Dr. Drew. Uh, he had to then apologize. So I know my wife was a big Oprah fan, and Dr. Drew was always on Oprah, so I sent that to her. I was like, look, see, Dr. Drew says no big deal. And so we get on the flight. And- so you really wanted to go, and you used, oh, yeah. some, you used Dr. Drew's medical advice to yeah. go. We, were, we, we had a young baby at the time. It was a friend's wedding for the weekend. Yeah. I yeah. I, I honestly I think when I came back from the Super Bowl that year, um my stomach was off for a week. And and I know that they later then said that the initial wave of COVID they feel like there were more stomach related. Yeah, there was a lot of gastrointestinal yeah. stuff. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I bet you I had it. Because Super Bowl, we were in Florida, it was in Miami. We're hugging and kissing everybody. Yeah. You know, for an entire week. And so by the time we went a couple weeks later, I'm like, I probably had immunity. Had no, had no idea. But uh, I saw Boomer Esiason on the flight, and he gave me a fist bump because I don't think he wanted to shake hands because that was the only part of COVID was like, oh, you're good with a fist bump. And which, some people still do that. Yeah, but nobody realizes that you do this yeah. and this a lot. You know, yeah. we have no video. You wipe your eyes and you wipe your, with the back of your hand. So it's really not a safe play. The elbow, too, is like yeah. the other thing that people would do. They just come in with an yeah. elbow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now it's uh, now it's something else. So the world is moving on to monkeypox. While COVID still lingers, um, now there's uh, everything else. It's going to take a lot to... to Ever get to the point where we shut down again, Fred? I'll, t- I'll tell you that much. And well, I, I think I think there is a portion of the population that would like to, like they liked it, they liked having like that kind of like judgmental, you know, power over you. And, and I am not seeking a comment on that. Yep. I I I, I vaccinated. I did all the stuff, and like you know. You know, I still, um, I still see people like completely living their life like it was two thousand March of uh, two thousand twenty-one, or before the vaccines were everywhere. And and I'm just like, at some point, we have to live. And you know, I do events all over the place, and yeah, I know it's a risk. It's also a risk getting in my car. Yeah, but like, I can't live in fear all the time. Um, it's just not healthy, and and that's the thing. That's the thing that all the shutdowns did was it it impacted um, so much mental health. It impacted um, 
it, it impacted like um, uh, people are drinking more. And, and you know, you may think I condone, a lot of people may think that I'm like, oh, that's great, woo. No, that's bad. Yeah. Because what happens is now it's like, oh, well, now that people are drinking more and at home, we need to curb drinking. You know, so it wasn't responsible drinking. You know, all these people did all these things to cope with the the lockdowns. And anyway, I I don't need to get off on a on a soapbox here, but I I just I think that the epidemiologists their jobs are very important. Mm-hmm. But so are other doctors who were very much against saying like we can't shut everyone down. We need socializing, and like um, you know. We need music. We need stuff for the soul as much as we do for uh, a bite. It, it, uh, so much of what you do and, and, and so much of what people love about what you do and, and the stuff that you help bring us and, and, and help us connect over is communal. And uh, Absolutely. to not have that for, it felt like five years. <laughs> it yeah. really did. <laughs> if uh, you look back and you're like, oh wow, within six months, like we were kind of, sort of getting back to it, and it just felt like the, and it was, I don't know how it was uh, by you, but up here, it was the coldest spring that I can ever remember, and it was like you couldn't even go outside to do things because it was so cold in April and May, and just it was, I, I think, was that the year we were on the beach in on Labor Day or excuse me on Memorial Day? In hoodies. Wow. It was so cold. It was freezing. And uh, so it was, maybe we needed that pause and somewhere somebody said they do need to take a break and, and rejigger their priorities. But it was, I'm, well, I'm enjoying this. We're, we're getting back to it. Yeah. We're getting back to it. And two of the great distractions, bourbon and football here together, at least on the reporting side. And... Uh, uh, I've always been, um, I've always been like a fantasy football player. Yep. And I've I've started in my brain like started like thinking of like uh, bourbons and whiskeys, different types as like players. Okay. So let's do this. Yep. Let's pick a player of each one of these. Like, what kind of player <laughs> would uh, would the Buffalo Tray single barrel from the Copper Still be? Hmm. Uh, how about Alvin Kamara? Just that that oh, that smooth, um, you know, well balanced. Uh, it, it, you know, does a little bit of everything, but mostly receiving. That's where he's a, a major threat to you. I was going to say this is a needy receiver. It's a, a who? A needy receiver. A needy receiver. Like always wanting the ball. <laughs> he gets the yeah. ball a lot, so that's that's him. Not He's, quite it, not quite Antonio Brown needy. No, but. no, 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 no. But this is uh Kamara's interesting because I remember going down there a couple years ago during training camp and uh Steve Smith and I were there and, and talking to Sean Payton about how incredibly intelligent Alvin Kamara was and how his brain is always going. Yeah. And he said to the point where I gotta throw him a fidget spinner during practice if he's not in there. And he's standing on the side because he just can't. He's just I got to give him something just to kind of wow occupy his his brain. So he's a brilliant player. I love watching him. Yeah, he's great. I admit, and by the way, I love Steve Smith. Probably my favorite uh, receiver of that era. Him and uh, Heinz Ward. You know, I loved Heinz Ward. 
like those kind of like will block you, will fight you, you know. So it's interesting. There's a there's a kid that sat behind me in, uh, I, I guess maybe it was biology class. Um, he was an Italian kid, and not like a South Philly Italian kid like the rest of us. He was from Italy, and uh, but he was he loved football, he loved it, and I kept telling him. <laughs> Must have watched a couple of Georgia games that year. I said, Mike, he's a big Eagles fan. Mike, Eagles got to draft Heinz Ward. He's like a quarterback slash receiver slash running back. This guy can do everything. He's such a good player. And I said, what's the, I kept, Mike, what's the name? Heinz Ward, he would say in his Italian accent. So I turned around on the back of the desk and I wrote the name Heinz Ward for him to stare at every day. I said, this is the guy right here, Heinz Ward. So somewhere, I, I think our, our school, they, they, we were an all-boys school. We merged with the girls' school. They went to the girls' school. So I don't even know if, I don't think our building even exists anymore. I think they converted it to some kind of uh, nursing home or whatever. So I don't know if the desk is still there, but if there is, it says Heinz Ward just sitting there. For years, when he was in the league, people must have been coming to class saying, why the heck is Heinz Ward's name on the back of this desk? Because he's the guy the Eagles should have drafted. And to, to Deion Sanders' point recently, who said, like, um, People can only be in the Hall of Fame if they've changed the game. Yeah. Heinz Ward is the reason why you can no longer do crackbacks on uh, linebackers. Oh, man. On the wide receiver. That guy, he would hit you and knock you the fuck out. Yeah. Loved watching him play. Loved yeah, watching yeah, him. Yeah, I remember him. Uh, I remember that. I think he, he was, maybe he wasn't the image of uh, Sports Illustrated when they did this, and Peter King was still at Sports Illustrated, this dive into concussions and the impact of all this. But... I remember him being part of the story, and he would get some guys, and they would have no idea he was coming to. Yeah. So what do you got for that one? Oh, you're, 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 so you're, I was thinking a, a needy wide receiver, um, may not you know not Antonio not Antonio Brown level, but um, uh, maybe Amari Cooper. You know, Amari Cooper, good hands. Okay. And um, you know, this is an outlier for Buffalo Trace. You know their their profile for me, so and and he didn't like his quarterback very much, okay. Dak Prescott. So I like it. Uh, I'm I'm going with that being in the outlier. So he's so, Amari Cooper. So Amari Cooper would be the Buffalo Chase single barrel for me. Amari Coop, uh, Amari, uh, Amar, I'm uh, Alvin Kamara for you. <laughs> Tongue tied here. <laughs> All right, so going to uh, Glass Two, the High West, which is the High West, which was better than when I went back just now. It was better for me. Um, I can't get past the weeds, so I'm going with Josh Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great. Uh, who's still in the league and hanging in there, thankfully. Yeah. Um, hopefully we see some great things from him. Uh, to me, this is so... Right, I, I, I talked about how I like this better in Manhattan, although, again, it, that last sip was, was better. So I think, I think I'm going to go with uh, someone who needs a good supporting cast and the conditions to be just right. And I hope for his sake that they are this year because I like him. I've gotten to know him very well. Carson Wentz. Yeah. You know? Standing by itself, it was like, oh, didn't know which way it wanted to go, but getting the right situation with the right ingredients put it together you can really shine so yeah i'm going wentz and he's a bourbon fan right carson is a bourbon fan yeah yeah big guy 
I actually, I, 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 I'm a big fan of his. I, I loved him in college, and I hated the way things turned out for him in in Philly. Um, we we saw him in Indianapolis, but it was like we got tickets. You know, very excited to see him, but then it came out as like he wasn't vaccinated, and everyone started turning against him, and it was like. I felt. I mean, the guy can't catch a break. Now, it just. I really hope it works out here. And by the way, the Commanders, the former Redskins. It's still hard for me to say Commanders. You do this professionally all the time. I call him Washington. That's Washington football team was a great name, by the way. I like that name. But like, um, they need a hero badly. They need somebody to just like step up and be a leader there, because it ain't going to be their owner. Their coach is trying. They. Uh, they. Carson Wentz could be the guy. They need a lot of things, Fred. Uh, <laughs> and now that I know this is not on video, this is great. I don't can make faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So you have Carson Wentz. Yeah. I have Josh Gordon for the marijuana. Um, <laughs> now let's go to the Russell six-year-old. Uh, Russell six-year-old. Um, did you drink it all? I may have to call this Antonio Brown because it's gone. <laughs> I mean, Wait. The only thing that this uh, whiskey didn't like more was that there wasn't more of it for yeah. itself. Yeah. Which is, you saw his quote recently? Oh, my God. So he's he's upset that he can't see himself. So that he, I thought that was made up, by the way. I thought it was made up, too. Oh my. I said, that's got to be, you know. No, it was real. Yeah. And then I started seeing, like, people, like, do their own, like, version. You know? <laughs> it's like, that was... That was unreal. Uh, we'll go Russell's um, Russell's six year. Let's let's go Russell Wilson, right? Let's go. Wow, that's a good one. You know, a multi-tooled player. Um, you know, a, a, probably doesn't get enough credit for what he's able to do without having ha, ha, without having to run. Uh, nope, breaking see, news. That's how fast it happens. Hey, oh, Mike's got some breaking news here. Well, we'll see. Juicy scoop coming up. We're checking on who was the uh, player again. It was the it was the uh, Browns. Uh, Dawson uh, Deaton, yeah, second string center. Hmm. Yeah, we'll check on that. Let's see what kind. Of, I mean, listen, the Browns are. This Brown season can go in a lot of different ways right now. I hate it for him. For them, yeah. Well, they they were they were the lovable underdog, right? They were the team that couldn't find a quarterback, and everybody wanted them to find a guy, but not like this, you know. So it's they just, I mean, you want to talk about like a guy comes in and Baker Mayfield went to Oklahoma. I'm an Oklahoma State guy, so there's there's not going to be, you know, you're not going to hear an Oklahoma State fan taking up for an OU play very often, but. They just did him dirty. And I don't, I don't know if he was, like, doing shit behind the scenes that pissed off the ownership or whatever, but it just seems like it was really personal. And I think a lot of it goes back to when, like, he never – Ohio always had issues with him because he staked the OU flag yeah. in the at Ohio State. Yeah. Because that's an Ohio State state. It's not a Browns or a Cincinnati state. That place bleeds college football. So, I don't know. They, I thought toward the tail end, when it was clear he was leaving, 
I thought that fan base really picked up more for him. Now it's interesting to me because now they they'll defend they'll defend Watson and they're they'll defend their team and and that's kind of the way it happens, right? You know, yeah. thirty one other fan bases can have no problem crushing the Browns and crushing Deshaun Watson. It's your team. You got to kind of defend it because you've made that decision in a lot of cases years ago. Mm-hmm. Although we've seen some folks abandon it, some folks that I even work with have said, "I'm out. See ya. Done." Um, but I thought that, that there were more supporters in the Browns fan base than I expected. And I don't know if it was more just because they like Baker, period, or if it was because they didn't like who was coming in and how it was done. Um, but I, I, I thought I could understand where he was coming from. You know, I put my body on the line last year. I played hurt. And my performance suffered because I was hurt. And now I'm healthy, and as as I went through all this, now you're just ditching me for whoever. Can that's understand the league, that. though. That's the league. They don't get. They don't care. Yeah, you know. You hear stories about like that all, all the time, all the time from players. It's just never from the quarterback. You know, usually if it's like if it's the number one, number one. Yeah. And you know he he didn't exactly like uh, turn the world upside down, but he was their best quarterback that they'd had since Bernie Kosar. Yeah. I yeah. mean, so you would think they would have gotten a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but uh, alas, um, he he didn't. Um, so I'm 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 going to ask for your your help here a little bit. I'm struggling to remember his name, but he's uh, Tyson um, Taysom, Taysom Hill. Yep, the Taysom Hill. Yep. Okay, so I was I was going to call him Tyson Hill, but it's Taysom, Taysom Hill, the quarterback utility guy yep. in New Orleans. That's what Russell's uh, reserve six reminds me of, because this is this is not something they, they make all the time, but when uh, Taysom gets on the field, okay. he shows up, and so when Russell's gets in my glass, the six year old, it shows up. So that's my uh, my comparison here. Love that. That's a great one. So they don't make this. How, they have the six, the thirteen. How many more Russells do they? So want this to- is a rye, right? So yeah. So so on the bourbon side, they have uh, they have the ten. Uh, the 13, uh, and then they, they'll have some offshoots here and there. So the the Russell 6 is the only rye that they make? The only Russell uh, rye? They have a they have a 10-year rye, too, okay. and then they have some... Um, they're, they're not really... They're not really consistent with their ryes, but the 6-year is always, always out. So... Like it. Taysom Hill. Taysom who now Hill. Is, who now is playing tight end. Yeah. But he'll still get some of that quarterback time. By the way, I'm a Jameis Winston fan. I hope he I hope he does does well this year. All the way back to college. Well, Jameis all the way. I, I like I like him as a person and what he's overcome. And I hate it when people I hate it when people have a um, take a stance against someone for like how they act for for, for how they acted in college. Listen, I hate that. Listen, I, I say it all the time. I'm going to back you up on this. I, 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 I consider my maturity point 26, which is coincidentally when when I met my wife. Uh, <laughs> right. So that may have, that may have been a factor, uh, but that to me is like up until I was 26, I was pretty stupid and did a lot of stupid things. And I wasn't in the spotlight the way these guys are. Yeah. So the the standards at which we hold them to 
and the concrete standards that we don't allow to be flexible. I'm I'm right there with you. Like I remember the it might have been in Hard Knocks, but it was it was um, they were following uh, Jameis to like where he grew up, and he took he took him outside to show him like where he used the bathroom, and they're like, "You mean you don't go in the toilet? You don't have a toilet?" Like, no, all the men go out here. Yeah. And it just went outside, and they, they all used the bathroom. That's where he grew up. Yeah. And I don't, I don't care what your athletic ability is. Um, you grow up in certain standards. Like, it's hard as hell to get out of them. And I think his, I think his story and, like, his attitude toward life and how he is toward other people mm-hmm. is, um, is a testament to him as a human being. He, he can throw a football. He's great at throwing a football. Um, is he going to be great on the highest level? I mean, that's yet to be to determined, right? But as as a as a human, I root for him, and I hate it when people bring up the crab story or um, the lobster story. I mean, yeah, all that. I I hate that because that's not indicative of him as a person. And and by the way, now he would have been making two three million dollars a year if if he was uh, with the nil deal. Oh yeah, uh, you know. So. All these guys, yeah, all these guys who were born just a little too early, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's changing everything. Yeah, I mean, hell, they might change eligibility. I'm going to be at uh, Alabama for the next ten years, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Alabama's got enough, got yeah. enough guys down there. Speaking of which, uh, not in Alabama, but college football. How do you feel about your pokes this year? I feel really good about them. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Big Twelve is uh, going to be a little. Big Twelve is wide open this year in a yeah. lot of ways. I, I think we. I, th- I like our uh, the fact that our uh, quarterbacks coming back. Uh, our defense is pretty solid. We lost our defensive coordinator mm-hmm. to Ohio State, but but you know the Moxie's there. But we'll see. Everything's great until you get punched in the face. But we we've shown year in year out we can produce wide receivers and running backs. It's everything else that we struggle with. So, it is what it is. They don't punch in the face in the Big 12, though. It's a passing league. It's, a, it's more of a slap in the face, right? That's true. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of punching. Big 10 likes to do the punching, but Big 10 games are unwatchable sometimes. I don't know. I like the, I like the Wisconsin eye formation, two tight ends. <laughs> but so, I, I don't understand why these teams are, and I've had this discussion uh, with some, you know, longtime Big 10 fans who say, well, we've come a long way. I'm like, go watch... Iowa, Penn State from last year, and tell me you've come a long way. Yeah, I just these teams are never going to. Well, I mean, Ohio State's a different, completely different ballgame. Right. But, uh, a lot of these teams, though, in the way they're playing, the style of football in the Big Ten, it's like that's not football anymore. I don't know if you guys have really opened your eyes and seen it out there. And it's God bless them. They feel like it's still defense and a running game. So, well, I I miss the uh, the old under center like. Every play except for third and long. Yeah, I miss that. Uh, but it is what it is. I love football, and that's never going to change. It's never going to change. Yep. You can do whatever you want to the game. I'm still going to watch it. It's the best show in town, and what a what a the, privilege it is to, to cover it. I got to imagine it's got to feel good to cover it. Every year at the Super Bowl, um, Super Bowl is a. I'm, it's a hard week, but it's a great week. I say hard week, and somebody out there is like rolling their eyes. But it is. There's a lot going on. There's a lot for us. And and then once you get to game day, um, even even earlier in the week when you get to NFL honors, 
which is a celebration of everything involving the game for the entire year, and you start to see highlights and clips of the entire season, and they're edited and set to music, and you start to get that emotion of like, okay, this is, yeah, this has been a great year. This is why we do it. It's all this stuff that you're seeing right now playing out on the field and on TVs for folks at home uh, and in stadiums for 18 weeks a year plus playoffs. Um, it is. It's. I got a little teaser for you. Okay. And you know, for those listening, this is uh, this is your reward for you know having to listen to us jibber jabber <laughs> over eating and uh, drinking, and uh, in, in the background, you know, sounds of uh, Hall and Oates and all the other bands of the eighties. Uh, I'll be throwing a Super Bowl party coming up, so hopefully it, it happens uh, in Arizona. Wow, but, that's fantastic! Uh, yeah, detail details to come, but we're uh, I'm in I'm in talks with uh, about throwing. Uh, you know, there's all those parties there at Super Bowl. Yeah, week, you know, uh, I'll be throwing one of them. I, I, so. Now I'm fired up. That is great. That is fantastic news. The next day may suck, but that <laughs> night will be great. What day of the week are we planning? We don't know yet. Uh, it's probably going to be the Wednesday. Oh yeah, that's great. Nice and yeah. early in the week. Yeah. So remind myself to I'm not clear ready. Friday morning. I'm not morning. ready to compete in the big leagues there on the Super Bowl week, but I'm ready to put my Well, the hardest there. part about a West Coast Super Bowl, for us who cover it, is a lot of times we're up early in the morning to do stuff. So it knocks you out the night before, but I may have to just go straight through that night, Fred. I'll, I'll make it happen. Details to come. Details to come. Fantastic. But, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe the good morning uh, football can... Uh, can can do some from there. I, I'm, I'll be a correspondent for Good Morning Football that day, just to just to cover the event. Here's where we, we are. Can here's do, what we're doing. We can we can, uh, we can do bourbons and uh, give them, you know, team the the team <laughs> positions for every one of them. That's it. I love we it. We can have our own little. Uh, anyway. We are going to make this happen now. I love it. Well, awesome. hey man, thanks for coming on again. You're one of the very few guests who've been on twice. So. Wow. Yeah. This is like the SNL Five Timers Club. I mean, they got the Two Timers Club. This yeah. is great. Soon it'll be five. Love it. Five. Thanks Thank for coming you. on, brother. Thank you, my friend. Great right. seeing you. And we got some more bourbon to drink, but not with microphones. <laughs> Cheers, y'all. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Big shout out to the Copper Steel. Again, thank you to the New York uh, Bourbon Drinkers Club for coming out and hanging out with me. And as always, good to see Mike Garofalo. If you haven't already, click that subscribe button or, you know, give us a review, however you listen to this podcast. But that's going to do it for this week, folks. Be safe out there. Remember, no licking handrails or licking trash cans and vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers, everybody. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey, by Michter's, and by Heaven Hill Brands. For more information about Fred's books, articles, podcasts, and more, just go to fredminnick.com. I am not a All this month, stream the funniest films for free on Pluto TV. Watch comedy classics like Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, and Mean Girls. Or drop in for a Tyler Perry marathon with a Medea family funeral and Medea's witness protection. Pluto TV also has hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and TV shows like Get Shorty, Be Cool, Key and Peel, Comedy and Color, and more. And no contracts, no subscriptions, no fees, no joke. So download the Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start laughing today. Pluto TV, drop in, watch for